Hello, my name is Percy Everlin, and this is Eleven Again. Recently, I've been talking to my friends about all the things that they were obsessed with as kids, what they would not stop reading or watching or talking about. Once they tell me, we talk about it a little bit, then we both go back and re-experience it. And then we talk about it more, at length. Today, I'm talking to my friend Will. He is, most notably, obsessed with Spongebob. He has a Spongebob tattoo. He can quote the show by heart. I feel like I was never on the same level as other people when it came to Spongebob. Like, I liked the show, but I just don't have it in my brain the same way that other people do. So I really wanted to talk to Will about watching Spongebob. I feel like when I was a kid, I watched Spongebob. And then when I was in high school, I had a lot of friends who, like, could quote Spongebob by heart. Just, like, throw in phrases around as if I knew what they were talking about. And then I got older and I continuously kept making friends with people who had the ability to quote Spongebob from heart and I never caught on. It's not like I didn't like the show as a kid. It just didn't seep into my brain the way I feel like it did for most of the people I know. Yeah, it feels more like an affliction than actually being a fan of something. Like I am cursed with this knowledge and a lot of people are too. It's like this secret, like they found out a way to get like a switch into your brain, like into certain kids' brains, evidently not yours, that like turns on anytime someone says anything even vaguely resembling SpongeBob. Yeah. And I feel like more so than any other show of that time, like people are nostalgic for those other shows, but I feel like nothing has sort of just like entered the zeitgeist in the way that SpongeBob has. Yeah. Like no one's quoting fairly odd parents all the time. Except for, like, me sometimes, but... <laughs> Do you still watch Spongebob? No. That's the strangest part, is, um, like, almost every single day, if not every single day, I'll, like, to myself, whether I'm by myself or whether other people are around, it'll come out of my mouth, like, subconsciously. I don't even have to think about it, like the quotes. But I haven't seen an episode of Spongebob in maybe two years. And, like, before that, and, like, I have not watched it consistently at all why did you watch it two years ago i think i was like with a partner at the time or something and like we were like let's put on spongebob and then it just it was me breaking into like hysteric laughing this sounds really bad it was me breaking into hysteric laughing fits a lot like not even when the joke was said but like before it would be said because i knew it was coming (laughs) or like mouthing along like will smith and i am legend when he watches shrek Mm kind of looking like a psychosis a little bit like what you'd mentioned a while ago. <laughs> I am the same way if I'm showing it. Because especially when you're showing a partner something, it's you're like, let's get on the same page about this thing that I love. And it's like an extremely stressful experience. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like you're if they're on their phone, you're like, this is just a stab directly to the heart. I can't believe you've done this to me. Yeah, I can't believe you're not eyeing the whole thing up and down left to right and mouthing along with the entire thing with me and breaking into cackling fits every four seconds you must not love me (laughs) were you extreme about spongebob like when you were a kid like when spongebob was on i remember being pretty like i remember watching the countdown on nickelodeon in 1999 for the first episode to air you remember that yeah, it's like a weirdly distinct like little animatic of like, you know, how, like cartoon channels will have like little cartoons running around 
advertising other things yeah. under the thing you're watching. Yeah. It was that of SpongeBob with an ominous countdown. And I was like, what is this square? What is that? And then I like remember being just hooked. No, no pun intended. <laughs> but like that, I think, I don't remember if the first episode was Help Wanted or Bubble Stand. One of those two. But I remember after watching it being like, oh shit. In whatever word a seven-year-old would use to say, <laughs> oh shit. And then did like time pass and you realized how you felt about it like later or what happened? Pretty much. Like the show would air pretty constantly through my high school career. So anytime I was home and like Nickelodeon would be on, it would be on. Oh, so you were watching it while you were still in high school? Yeah. Just because, I don't know. I was kind of a homebody for a lot of high school. So I like would just sit home and watch TV a lot. And a lot of it would be cartoons. And a lot of those cartoons would be Spongebob. And then after high school, it kind of like cut off completely. But all the, I made a lot of friends who also happened to have that visceral Spongebob knowledge that you referred to earlier. In high school, were you watching reruns or you're watching new episodes? Because they were still new episodes, right? Uh, no, I like kind of avoided the newer episodes because they weren't that great. They were kind of weird and creepy. Like everything season four on, like there were a couple of gems in season four, but like it, they weren't very enjoyable. So you're a season one to four purist. Yeah. Season one to three one to purist. One to three, four, maybe. <laughs> wow. Season one to three. It, that's the thing we were talking about Um on the other episode with Brendan about Hey Arnold is that it's kind of crazy how the early episodes are like the most memorable and the most like important essentially that these shows like came out the gate like knowing their identity to that extent is like pretty impressive but the the thing I really find interesting about I think also the way you think about Spongebob is because we've been talking about people who quote it all the time and I think there is like it just has such a strong personality audio wise, but I think you're also very focused on the graphics of it. Yeah. I have a very large folder of SpongeBob frames. <laughs> um, let me tell you how many photos are in it right now. Yeah. Look it up. Let me see that folder. Oh boy. There are 549 items in this SpongeBob frames folder. When did you start collecting? Uh, <laughs> oh, collecting makes it sound so weird. <laughs> let's keep let's let's pretend this is normal at least for a little bit. <laughs> like maybe two or two and a half years ago, I was like, I want to have these. By the way, these are digital. Like I don't have like a pile <laughs> in a filing cabinet somewhere. Like it's just a Google Photos folder of like all my SpongeBob friends. It's not like. Polaroids with like the date <laughs> written on the back and like yeah, I red have, ink. Yeah, like original SpongeBob concept art from 1996 signed by Steven himself. You don't have any animation <laughs> cells? I wish, honestly, but they're all kind of freaky looking. Really? SpongeBob looks like a Basquiat in all the <laughs> early drawings. That's kind of funky. And you also have SpongeBob tattoo? I I do. Um I have a tattoo of the Have you seen it? I can't remember. Is it I new? Know this is Didn't like, you just get it? I got it last summer. It was like I've spent years agonizing over a tattoo like of any kind. Do you just have one tattoo? I have two. Two tattoos. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I love the idea that you have one tattoo <laughs> and it's a SpongeBob tattoo. 
Oh, the number of SpongeBob tattoos I have will probably outweigh the number of other tattoos I have one day. But um, last summer, I was like, I, I want a tattoo. And I'd been agonizing for years over like what to get, like what, what means something to me. <laughs> and then the month before my appointment, I was like, magic conch shell, maybe someday. And then I got it tattooed on me. And now it's on my skin forever and I'll die with it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And the, the audio medium, but this is the SpongeBob tattoo. Wow. It's nice. I know. <laughs> and like, I really do like every time a maybe someday or like a what should I do now comes up, this gets like whipped out. What do you mean? Like, because like, the magic conch is meant to answer questions oh i see again i don't remember what the magic conch is i'm like what what do you do with the magic conch why are you yeah. whipping your arm out yeah you, you pull the string and it's like maybe someday and if you're squidward it's like no <laughs> so yeah you put together a couple of episodes for us to watch so i have it um separated into two little lists it's like my personal favorites and then like the classics like the ones that like everyone knows and are like arguably important like culturally speaking like library of congress spongebob episodes i think there's pro- have you ever tapped into like the spongebob fandom i'm sure there are people who are rabid about it uh no like i haven't been to like a sponge con or like <laughs> anything like that but i know a lot of people who are at, like as enthusiastic about spongebob as me minus the tattoo gotcha are they like what kind of discourse around spongebob <laughs> would you No, like seriously like are you guys are there theories is it just like oh i really really love this art style like what do you know what i mean like what's the thing so it depends who i'm talking to i'm like kind of the venn diagram of all these people who have like the particular obsessions with spongebob mm-hmm. i have one friend who's obsessed with the like painted stills from episodes yeah because like a thing spongebob did a lot that i don't i think gren and stimpy did it a lot too and like some other cartoons from back in the day did it but like they'd have painted stills of scenes for jokes and like the detail in these stills like you can literally see the brush strokes from the painting for like the most obscure shit like a one cent self-destruct belt buckle got a painted still it's so there's that i have another friend who likes to theorize about the hidden meanings or subtext of spongebob episodes like for example that rock bottom is a tale about like segregation and like racism in urban planning the episode where Squidward was on strike didn't do much to bolster like the idea of unionization and kind of like use it as a laughing stock, which might have been a little bit harmful to how kids understood labor. Um, stuff like that. And then there's like all the people who I just have conversations with in quotes specifically. This may sound silly, but could you like set the scene for how you describe what SpongeBob is about? Is this is Sponge? And his little ocean friends, and he lives in Bikini Bottom. That's that's it, really. Because <laughs> it's not really about. It's like a slice of life <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> like really, there's no like continual narrative or arc throughout the series. Like occasionally, some characters will be an antagonist in one episode, and they'll come back. Whoa! But 
it's not there's no like continual arc or narrative throughout the entire thing yeah the characters have motivations but they're not necessarily explored much yeah there's never like seasonal arcs at all is there um the only time that an arc or like the end of an arc has ever really been addressed in spongebob media is in the spongebob musical Mm. where like every character's arc was like essentially brought to its logical conclusion like spongebob's like desire to be like climb up the crusty crab hierarchy or like sandy feeling like an outcast in bikini bottom because she's from land or squidward not being like never getting to blossom his artistic whatever so did you did you see the musical i did did you like it it was magnificent okay because <laughs> i i have like friends who would like hate musicals like never seen a broadway musical and they saw that musical and they loved it my friend was like, this is the only good musical. <laughs> yeah, like if you, before that musical came out, if you would have told me that a SpongeBob musical was going to go on Broadway and like be highly acclaimed, I would not <laughs> have expected it. I would have uh, guffawed at it. I would have been really <laughs> upset at the idea. Like it would have felt like desecration. But the set design was incredible. Yeah. Like the way they used like all the costumes were really, it was like really good ways of reinterpreting what a ocean character would look like on land essentially instead of sandy's like helmet she had an afro and like patrick had like a quaff to represent this pointy head and like mr Krabs had like boxing glove looking things for claws it was really cool and (laughs) the guy who played spongebob was like hot which was weird (laughs) it's like ethan slater look him up I actually have seen him on the street in Brooklyn before. Did you say hi? No. (laughs) You got to put in a word for me. (laughs) Hey, I have a friend who really likes SpongeBob. I'm just like, I think I'm like like taller than him too. I'd just be like standing (laughs) over Ethan's leg. I have a friend who really likes SpongeBob. (laughs) Yeah. And then he'd like throat chop you because he was acrobatic as hell on that stage. (laughs) I'm glad that you've accepted hot SpongeBob into your heart. (laughs) I didn't ask for this. <laughs> What's your history with SpongeBob? Um, I used to watch it sometimes. Oh my god. <laughs> I must sound insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to you for the goods. Yeah, here's the political theory surrounding the episode Squid on Strike. Okay, here's the silly thing about what you're saying right now. You've listened to the show. If people <laughs> like you don't exist, I don't have a podcast. <laughs> What do you mean, people like you? It, it, uh, <laughs> um, um, uh, 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 I, I, I. <laughs> the SpongeBob people. You know what I mean. Okay. Sick. Then uh, I'll get to watching. I'll talk to you later. All right. Well, I'll see you real soon, homie. All right. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. Oh, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants! and yellow and porous is he? SpongeBob If nautical nonsense be something you wish, SpongeBob Then drop on the deck and flop like a fish! SpongeBob Ready? SpongeBob SquarePants! SpongeBob SquarePants! SpongeBob SquarePants! SpongeBob SquarePants! Ha ha ha! Ha ha ha!
Um, yeah, let's do a sync clap now that we're both recording. Um, so I'll say three, two, one, and then after one, both clap. You good? All right. Three, two, one. Hmm, my clap wasn't good. <laughs> now it's going to be really confusing. Yeah. Happy clapping um, moron day. Is that a thing? Well, um, it's, it's a sponge. It's a sponge. Don't worry thing. about it. <laughs> no. Of course not. I don't think you put that in my homework. <laughs> I d- yeah, I didn't. God. The, yo, there was so, like, going through the seasons, I realized, like, there was so much I missed. Like, I didn't include a single Mrs. Puff episode. I didn't no. include a single Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy episode. Nope. I watched a couple by myself. Oh, I'm glad. Because you deserve it. Thank you. <laughs> it was brutal. I yeah I I did the one where um uh, what's his name like Stanley the the flat guy who comes in he's like I'm gonna beat you up <laughs> I'm gonna kick your butt that kick- guy yeah <laughs> wait you call them Stanley like flat Stanley yeah I just keep on thinking his name <laughs> Stanley because he's flat I actually can't remember his name his name's Flats. His name is just Flats? <laughs> it's just Flats Flounder, like the laziest possible writing. And then I watched uh, the one with, where he ripped his pants because I just, I love that song. There was like a TikTok remix of that song and like a little TikTok dance that people made to it. And that was like one of the only TikTok dances I've ever learned because I just love that song so much. <laughs> that was one of the ones I used to like when I was in college, I would go around with my guitar and a friend and play ripped pants. <gasps> Oh like my all around god! Campus. It was brutal. Anyway, here's ripped pants. <laughs> yeah, it was that bad. Honestly, it's like I a little bit regret it, but a little bit don't. I thought that I had everybody on my side, but I went and blew it all sky high, and now she won't even spare a passing glance, all just because I rip my pants when big larry came around just to put him down spongebob turned into a clown and no girl ever wants to dance with a fool who went and ripped his pants i know i shouldn't mop around i shouldn't curse but the pain feels so much worse you need that experience of going around a college campus playing guitar when you're a kid you know <laughs> Um, so how was your experience overall? I laughed really hard, like cackling, laughed really hard the whole time. There was a lot of like mouthing along, like we joked about it. It was like compulsive. (laughs) And there were a lot of like little tiny moments that I had completely forgotten about, even though I like I claim to know all these episodes front to back, like just fully escaped me. I don't want to make this like references the 11 get episode, (laughs) but when like. Patrick is like, we're not getting paid enough for this. And SpongeBob's like, we're not getting paid at all. And Patrick's like, that's what I said. We're not getting paid and that's final. And then SpongeBob says something and Patrick's like, fine, but just don't pay me. And like, <laughs> I la- I had to pause because I like broke, like I, it broke me. I was wondering if you have ever posed to yourself the question of why SpongeBob is so important to you. Uh, I think it has a lot. So like I enjoyed it a lot as a kid, but it also was a, an avenue for me to 
make friends essentially that whole speaking and references thing that i talked about with you earlier like i made my current roommate is a friend i made via spongebob reference i i met my first partner in my life via spongebob references i made i bridged those connections via like oh yeah remember when that guy goes like that those moments and like just cracking each other up with it because like i don't know i feel like it's like references are a way people relate really well but i feel like there's something about like the shared experience of like us all being the same age and growing up together and experiencing this new thing together that really helped it yeah honestly like the more important episodes to me were the ones that you highlighted as like your favorite episodes because i was like i can well i can always go back and like watch the most famous spongebob episodes you know you know i was trying to pull like theory out of (laughs) <laughs> why does the will like these was it nine episodes yeah so when you texted me that wormy was your favorite one so far when you were watching i like blue i like blew a gasket from joy i think blue a gasket normally means like upset but i was really happy because for the past like two to three weeks every day i've been saying to myself that like a friend is a friend to the end of the They wrote like a hammy, like 90s butt metal song <laughs> for this episode. They do a great job with the musical elements. I know. So my findings. Um, <laughs> there wasn't any Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. There wasn't really any Plankton except except for the one where Plankton and Mr. Krabs like exchange lives, essentially. Um, the algae is always greener. But but there was a good deal of Squidward and Sandy. I think there was actually a good a lot of Sandy. Yeah. Um I if I had to pick, like if I was forced to pick a favorite character, it would be Sandy. Tell me more about that, because I think her character she's a little bit of like the straight laced straight lassoed. She's a squirrel who's from Texas, who's landed at the <laughs> bottom of Bikini Bottom, at the bottom of the ocean in Bikini Bottom. And she wears like essentially like a big old school scuba diving suit. Kind of looks like an astronaut suit, actually. Yeah. To exist underwater. But I think she's also, she's sort of rigid, like in her personality. And I also think a lot of her character development centers around being like overconfident, but also being out of place. Yeah. Like um, several episodes have to do specifically with like, her being in or going to hibernation and like what that means for her life and her friendship and like how much it negatively affects her friendships with people in bikini bottom that she has to just sleep for two months but um it's funny that you say rigid because i've always felt like sandy is the most like one of the most emotionally (laughs) erratic characters because of the stuff that she's into what do you mean like the fact that 
the only way she can have fun is if she's injuring herself and her friends with extreme sports. Was, um, doesn't necessarily seem like rigid to me, but I, yeah, what do you mean by rigid? Yeah, so, no, you're right. And, but I actually, in that, like to that point, I feel like she's rigid because she's forcing her friends into doing the things that she wants to do. Yeah. And like she, her interests are her interests and she's like got, she has very little wiggle room. Like (laughs) these are the things that are right. These are the things that are wrong. She wants to have fun in like crazy dangerous ways. And she thinks her friends should like have fun in that same way too. So maybe she's not, she's not rigid in the way that she's reserved, but I think she's rigid in that she might have a harder time like changing her opinion on things or like understanding where other people are coming from. I now that you bring that up, I wonder if that's like a commentary on Texas as a whole. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> or maybe I'm also like putting myself in her <laughs> character. Yeah. Cause I know I can be stubborn and I can be rigid and have, you know, sometimes I'm like, why don't people think the same things that I think or like like the same things that I like? She can be a little bit that way. But I really liked the episode um pressure. Ooh, that's a good one. Which is essentially like, it's kind of like a joke between everyone of like, who's better land creatures or water creatures. It starts with just like her and SpongeBob, like trying to climb a thing like as a race. But then it gets into like, oh, well, who's just like better in general, (laughs) who can survive in different situations. And then Patrick gets involved and Mr. Krabs gets involved. But it is like, it felt a little bit mean-spirited because they're all sea creatures and she's the only land creature. It was incredibly, it, like looking back, it was, a, it, Spongebob was being mean. Like, sp- yeah, like they're being there is mean. a moment where he looks Sandy in the eye and is like, at least until she needs to breathe. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to watch my friend drown and be fine with it. As a kid, I'm like, haha, pickle jar. But like watching now, I'm like, wow, they were really ready to just let Sandy die, huh? To prove a point. <laughs> like, and then Sandy goes and saves them like without hesitation. Yeah. I guess that rigidity is like can be a good thing. Yeah. In some ways. Because she's like not willing to compromise on the fact that she will put herself in danger. Yeah. But I also really like the ending where they like actually come out of the water because she's like, I can, she's like, I can hold my breath for this long, whatever, but you guys couldn't exist out of the water. They're like, fine, let's go do it. So they like march out of Bikini Bottom to like the surface and they all get really nervous. But then when they finally come out of the water, it like switches mediums. It's like not animation anymore. (laughs) It's like almost puppetry. It's like a live action. Like the characters are now like little toys on sticks. For those who haven't seen it, spongebob patrick and mr krabs all have pretty generic like spongebob's like literally a kitchen sponge like patrick is just a star and mr krabs is like a generic like seafood restaurant looking crab and they made like an intricate clay model of squidward's face on a blue octopus it's disturbing (laughs) just for the bit of him still being ugly (laughs) but like i kind of loved it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you you really loved it. I really it. loved it. I was like, if there's any visual I'm gonna take away from this show, it's that like live action version of Squidward. <laughs> that like kind of mangled like clay. I don't know what they made him out of. Like stencil that onto my grave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it reminded me of something. I'm trying not to say eraser head baby, but like it reminded me <laughs> of something. <laughs> Um, the Lynchian SpongeBob episode. Oh my god, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but 
but I really liked that whenever they do like kind of, I, I was calling it mixed media, but essentially whenever they like, same thing with you, like you love the painted stills. I loved when they did like live action stuff, <laughs> like in Wormy, which we were talking about is one of my favorites. Oh. Um, the whole thing is that Sandy's just like going on a trip and SpongeBob and, and Patrick are watching her pets in her special dome, which are just like different kinds of bugs essentially <laughs> and one of their one of the bugs they really really love which is this little worm or they think it's a worm and they like fall in love with this worm they have like a whole day of fun experiences with it and then they go to sleep and the next day they come back like so excited to see wormy again but wormy was actually a caterpillar who's turned into a <laughs> butterfly overnight but i guess they've never seen a butterfly before so they think it's like literally like godzilla level <laughs> monster it's mothra to them <laughs> yeah exactly it's like mothra <laughs> Though it's like the size of a normal butterfly, it's like way smaller than either of them. <laughs> and they, the way that, the way that the show like portrays how scary the butterfly is to them is whenever it gets like really close to them, they flash to like a super hyper focused version <laughs> of like I, it kind of looks like a fly more than a butterfly, but of like a bug's head and the like buzzing sound, <laughs> like the buzzing sound that you hear when a mosquito like strafes your ear. <laughs> That's like the buzzing sound they put in. And it is kind of jarring because you're going from animation to like a live full screen like <laughs> insect head. It did freak me out as a kid. And as a kid, I was like, it's just a butterfly. What's their deal? But as an adult, I kind of realized that like if you like understood it, like if you're a, a sea creature who's never experienced little slinky green thing in your life. And you hang out with it one day and fall in love with it. And then the next day, it's replaced by a gross, fluttering monster. You would be freaked out, too. Like, if you, like, were a kid and had never heard of or seen a caterpillar before, and you had one in its little net, and then it turned into a butterfly one day, and you instead of the little cute worm, there was a thing flying in there. I mean, I would, I would pee myself, but... <laughs> I can't speak for everyone, but it made a little more sense this time around. Yeah. I mean, they like destroyed the town, which they do in so many episodes. They absolutely like devastate Bikini Bottom. And then <laughs> the next episode, everything is like back to normal. Do you want to hear a fun production fact? Yeah. I thought you were going to say, do you want to hear like a fun theory? Is that that there's like a time skip and like every day is the <laughs> same day, but like different things happen. Uh, no, tell me the production fact. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that SpongeBob was actually Memento. But um, in, if you look closely at the very end when Sandy comes back and the crowd picks up Sandy in the beginning, Patrick has a face. But like as they're walking, Patrick's face just disappears. And it's just like a pink cone poking out of the crowd. It's really freaky. And it always like weirded me out as a kid. I was like, where'd his face go? <laughs> Tell me more about why Sandy is your favorite character. So um, it has to do a lot with one. Um, all of the episodes with her in them, I think, are my favorite. Like Wormy and Pre-Hibernation Week especially with music by Pantera. <laughs> Whoa. Um, but I think also just her as a character, like the Texas twang, like her being a Southerner, but also being incredibly intelligent is really cool. Her being incredibly tough and like brutal and rigid as you said but also still being very effeminate is really cool like wearing the flower in her hair and wearing a bikini and also just the idea of a squirrel in a deep sea diving suit living underwater and hanging out with sea creatures is really cool yeah i think she is in some ways kind of like a 
like an audience uh, character. Do you know what I mean? Like a, a character that I think the audience more easily can put themselves into. <laughs> I also just love how she could, if she wanted to, obliterate Bikini Bottom. <laughs> because she's so strong. Yeah. I wonder if it's like a like a logical thing, like squirrel strength to see creatures is like next level or just like a she has anime powers because she knows karate like yeah or karate excuse me (laughs) i do like the ongoing bit that like spongebob is so weak but also completely indestructible (laughs) which like makes sense for a sponge like can a sponge do anything no but can you do anything to a sponge also no (laughs) that was like i think uh the bully explores that one really well yeah so what are your top three episodes or top four or top five whatever you can do okay i know this you is, gave me a top nine but now we're we're getting smaller here this is very tough i'm sure a bunch of them are on this list i know that wormy is up there uh squidville is definitely up there i think we should talk about that one a little bit yeah um maybe dying for pie and sandy spongebob and the worm okay so let's talk about squidville what uh tell us real quick what the premise to squidville is okay so um in what is arguably my favorite scene in the entire show spongebob and patrick obliterate squidward's house with their reef blowers (laughs) and he Uh, vows to them that he is oh i'm sorry do you need any clarification about anything uh yeah a reef blower is a joke about (laughs) a leaf blower but they're you know they're reefs at the bottom of the ocean there aren't leaves yeah, so underwater, uh, leaf blowers have superpowers and can shoot rocks. <laughs> and Squidward moves far away to a homogenous <laughs> ethno-nationalist society known as Tentacle Acres, where everyone is squids. Uh, there's a lot of subtext in this episode, but basically Squidward lives in this town. He loves it at first, and then he grows really tired of it because he lives with a bunch of people that are exactly like him. Yeah, and all their character models are essentially the same except some of them have like wigs and some of them have mustaches they're like wearing different clothes this was the episode that i related to real life like almost more than anything like when he was in the grocery store in squidville i was immediately like it's trader joe's (laughs) i don't know why i was just like oh my god it's trader joe's it has to be trader joe's because he's like looking for like organic food you know i think the whole thing about squidward is that he's essentially coded as like kind of a pretentious maybe someone who like lives in westchester but works in new york you're so unfortunately right someone who's like thinks that they're better than any everyone else because they poo poo every everything that other people like yeah that's uh, but like imagine being that person and then experiencing that all around you all like his literal first encounter in squidville is meeting someone who like berates him for bumping into him and he's like this place is perfect i love it but here's the thing if everyone's like you it's really hard to feel above other people (laughs) exactly that's my take is he actually went back to bikini bottom because he likes feeling like everyone else is dumb and he's smart do you know what i mean he doesn't want to be around people who are like him he wants to feel like he's better than other people one little detail i loved in this episode was the fact that other squids laughs like squidward's nose inflates and deflates when he laughs but other people squids laugh or excuse me um i just want to clarify something real quick sorry to interrupt myself squidward is an octopus 
just want to make that fully clear. Canonically, Squidward is an octopus. His name is Squidward. Yes, he is an octopus. Per Steven Hillenberg. Um, do you have any comments? I'm sorry. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just want to make one thing crystal. How many legs do squids have? They usually have, I believe, uh, 10. They have more? Yeah. But Squidward only has eight legs? He has six. He has two arms and four legs. Then he's not an octopus. Um, yeah, well, SpongeBob is a kitchen sponge and not an actual <laughs> sea sponge. I take offense to this. <laughs> um, oh, wow, I distracted myself oh, with so my Squidward's, assertion. Of <laughs> Squidward's nose scrunches when he laughs, but the other squids in Squidville... Their heads inflate and deflate when they laugh, and it's way more disturbing and awful to witness. Yeah. I once I saw them do that, I was like, "Oh, this must be a take on what Squidward does," but I couldn't remember how Squidward laughed. <laughs> and then I saw his like little nose thing. I was like, "His little nose thing is kind of cute. Why do they look like they're having a conniption?" <laughs> Here's the thing I'm working on about Squidward: is I think he's coded as gay. Interesting. And. It was like kind of bubbling and then there's an episode where they're making a commercial for the Krusty Krab and Mr. Krabs is like, oh, Squidward's in charge. He's, you know, artsy. (laughs) And I was like, he's, you know. (laughs) You know. You know, exactly. That's he's. (laughs) Sorry, we're doing a limp wrist. He's, you know, artsy. (laughs) There's literally a joke about SpongeBob himself going, he's, you know, with the limp wrist. Oh, really? And I did not know it actually. Ha- like, there's like a meme of SpongeBob with a limp wrist saying he's, you know. Oh. But I did not know it actually happens. Yeah, I just caught it like randomly. I was like almost doing a double take. I was like, oh, is he, you know, artsy? <laughs> I mean, there's not really any romance as far as I saw in the show. Does anyone ever, like, um, have a crush on anyone? Yeah. It's, uh, Mr. Krabs, like, falls head over heels for Mrs. Puff. Ew. Yeah, it's a little weird. I don't um, like that at all. There's a bit where they explain what happened to Mr. Puff. And all they do, like, Mr. Krabs literally asks, what happened to Mr. Puff? And all they do is cut away to a blowfish lamp being turned <gasps> on. <laughs> and then SpongeBob says she doesn't like to talk about it. Oh, my God. This show's brutal. Like, this show does not shy away from, like, what happens to fish. No, absolutely (laughs) not. And also, like, I was thinking about this also with all the, like, Krusty Krab episodes. I don't know. In some ways, I wish that they had, like, a bigger opinion on, like, how shitty the Krusty Krab is and, like, more about the financials of it because one of the episodes you sent that you said you really liked is um can you is it can you spare, can you a, spare dime? a dime yeah where squidward essentially quits and then is just like homeless and like then starts living with spongebob and like mooching off of spongebob and spongebob is just like what the fuck stop mooching off of me <laughs> He's like not, I mean, it's been like a month, I guess, but it's just like totally Squidward is painted as It has like, been so much later that the old narrator got tired of waiting and they had to hire <laughs> a new one. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just like, tell me why you like that episode because it felt kind of negative to me in a way that I like didn't love. Do you know what I mean? So um, 
the reason I love that episode is because of one SpongeBob's get a job montage at the end of like all the like cartoony things he does to like try and get Squidward to like stop being a mooch. But also because there is one moment when SpongeBob runs into Squidward on the street. And SpongeBob says, why didn't you sell your paintings? And Squidward says, nobody would take them, so I had to eat them. And they show a shot of a rectangle in Squidward's stomach. And that is why I put that episode on the list. (laughs) It was nothing about, like, capitalist (laughs) subtext or anything like that. It was just, I I love that moment a lot. (laughs) I was like, this sucks, (laughs) actually. But, like, the... The little when he like brings the TV in and like does the puppet show of I'm not some lazy and considerate jerk who lays in bed all day, <laughs> that got me. But I understand why it might have made you uncomfortable. Yeah, I was thinking a lot about how Bikini Bottom's economy works. No one else seems to have jobs. It's like Larry and then SpongeBob Squidward, Mr. Krabs. Yeah, there's like a mailman sometimes. <laughs> I've seen a couple mailmen. There's a boat instructor. Yeah, every now and then I do like when they introduce businesses or just like establishments because they there's always like a cool cute vibe to them everything is essentially like tiki oriented it's very much like a tiki bar motif for everything which is we can get (laughs) into the colonial issue or actually i don't not that interested in getting (laughs) into the colonial actually completely skirt past that um anyway i besides that i do really love the visuals of the show i love the like it's a combination of like pirate visuals and gags like bargain mart and it's like a little treasure chest yeah and then there's like sunken ship parts gags i think like that's what all the homes are made out of yeah big nautical like you know flotation devices and everything is like a porthole and then and then a lot of the establishments they just make up like a laundromat and it's got a nice yeah it's cute, cute facade it's like, and they go to like a movie theater when spongebob has really bad breath and they go to that movie theater i was like what a cool movie theater i want to go to a wa- laundromat called the wash the wash that'd be awesome i'd feel like a cool kid <laughs> speaking of things that haven't aged super well yes um tell me there's one episode i kind of wanted to bring up that I, it was actually the last one i watched was midlife crustacean mm-hmm. um for those of you not uh, indoctrinated, Midlife Crustacean is an episode about Mr. Krabs having a midlife crisis because he is very old, um, old enough for his dimes to have been from the Stone Age. And he sees SpongeBob and Patrick planning a big cool kids night out. And he like kind of like tags along with them and learns that they're quote unquote not that cool until they do something that is quote unquote cool that is actually very not cool, quotes notwithstanding. But I thought it was really funny how back then it was like, oh, yeah, it's a bunch of nerd shit. Only nerds do that stuff that they did. But they clean up litter on the side of the road. They build a Habitat for Humanity home. They play <laughs> D&D. They go to the library and support their local public library. They ride kitty rides outside of a grocery store, which I've seen many adults doing in my day. <laughs> many of the quote-unquote cool adults. And uh, they go to like a Chuck E. Cheese type parody thing, which I don't think I would do as an adult. Um, I don't really mess with Mr. Entertainment Cheese very much. But yeah, all the things they do, and they ride bikes. 
they're like super ecologically and environmentally considerate. <laughs> and there's this like quote unquote cool guy who rides by on his super gas guzzling hot rod and makes fun of them and like calls them dorks. And meanwhile, I, I don't know. I just thought it was really funny how all the things they do that are like uncool have aged really well to be considered cool by most people now, except for the panty raid. How'd you feel about that? Honestly, I was confused. Because, <laughs> like, I just think the fact that SpongeBob and Patrick go on panty raids <laughs> just, like, kind of opens up a whole realm of, of possibilities and questions and confusion. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, panty raid. This is going to be so much fun. And then they actually go on a panty raid and then... The ending joke is just that it's a reveal that it's Mr. Krabs' mother. Okay, but why are they going on <laughs> panty raids? I don't get it. So, um, I think. So let me just clarify right now. Um, <laughs> this is not an endorsement of panty raids in any way. That's shitty creep shit, and you shouldn't do it ever, ever. Is it fun? N- no. I, I haven't done it. <laughs> no. Will, you're going to tell me how much fun they are? I have never done a panty read. Mm-hmm. I, I swear to God. <laughs> Man, I'm being really put on blast right now. What I was <laughs> going to say was, one, the fact that they knew very well that it was Mr. Krabs' grandmother's house because they literally say, like Mr. Krabs says, why didn't you tell me this was my mother's house? And they say, why didn't you ask? Because they knew it was his mother's house. Um, I think the the it being Mama Krabs's house was a play on their naivete and not understanding like the idea of a panty raid, quote unquote. Oh, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I was like, oh, they're freaks. <laughs> they're into. I mean, they shit. could they could be. Who knows? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I think that makes more sense. Is that they've just like heard that a panty raid is a thing. And so they're like, yeah, let's do one. But they like don't understand why people do them. Yeah. So like that's ba- that's the I'm not going to say that's a defense, but that's like the only reason I could think that like they would go to Mama Krabs's house. No, you're right. That reading makes so much more sense. <laughs> I can't believe you they're thought like, I did that. <laughs> I just thought maybe there was a possibility that you had. Oh, my God. You're like in their defense. It's, sometimes it's not sexual. It's just like a fun. Thing to do. <laughs> sometimes when you're a kid and you no, absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> It's, I've, I've ne- also that like involves breaking and entering into someone's home as a no, person of like, color it's like super super jail for me regardless <laughs> of how old i am I like thought, ultra jail <laughs> no in my mind panty raids is like what happens when there's like a boy camp and a girl camp oh. like a summer camp near each other guy camp members would like go and raid the girl camp or something do you have any siblings, actually? Um, I have a younger brother named Leo and an older sister named Victoria. Shout outs to <laughs> Leo and Victoria who are absolutely <laughs> not listening to this. They don't like podcasts? No. They don't like Spongebob? <laughs> no, they love Spongebob. <laughs> did you guys watch Spongebob together? Yeah, we did. Like That's all nice. three of us. Was like, that was one thing that we all super related on was the cartoons that we watched. What else? A lot of SpongeBob, a lot of Fairly Odd Parents, a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja. Like my little brother and I, you know that new like edgy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle show on Four Kids that aired in like the early two thousands. Me and my little brother would like beat the shit out of each other (laughs) to the theme song of that show. (laughs) How much younger than you is he? 
uh, five years. Oh, wow. But he was very strong for five <laughs> years younger than me. And now he is six foot four and a swimmer. Oh, my God. So he could super beat me up. Okay. Not, I don't want to get too far off topic, but yeah. another thing we do is watch the two towers all the time, like the Lord of the Rings movie. And then like... Just the two towers? Weirdly, yes. But also, because there's that scene where Legolas like does, rides on his shield down the stairs and we would take couch yeah. cushions and ride down our couch on couch cushions trying to emulate Legolas. Oh, nice. It was sick. I wanted to circle back to uh, the magic conch shell now that I've seen the episode <laughs> that has the magic conch shell in it. Tell me more why that was the visual that turned into the tattoo. The quote that I think I say the most to everyone about everything is maybe someday. And like that resonated with me, like something about the visual of the conch and like these two kids like finding <laughs> so much joy, the stupid little plastic toy and it saying maybe someday. And also like um, there was that. I really love that episode. It's one of my favorites. The no <laughs> and the like just the sassiness of it was really cool. And also, it's a visual that, like, if I do a quote-unquote Spongebob sleeve, a lot of the tattoos I would get are, like, things that are not immediately recognizable as Spongebob, but, like, oh, oh, like that situation. Gotcha. And I thought I loved the visual of the conch a lot. And I love saying every time I say maybe someday, I, like, pull my sleeve up and show them the little magic conch tattoo. It's a lot of fun for me. Hopefully that doesn't get old because I'm going to be stuck with this thing until I die. <laughs> and yeah, just the idea of like really subtle visuals of SpongeBob that aren't like his big dumb fucking buck tooth face <laughs> on my arm are ideal. I do really like the conch shell like because and this is embarrassing, but I'll, I'll cop to it. I feel like the first idea I ever had, like if I was going to tattoo something on myself was in high school early high school when I was like having a big Kurt Vonnegut phase and I was oh like oh boy yeah oh boy and um <laughs> I was like yeah like I really want this two shell pass as a tattoo like literally Ooh. you know this is why they don't let kids get tattoos yeah I say so it goes constantly so like no shit if you had that tattoo now I wouldn't tease you I'm a I'm a Vonnegut hoe a little bit yeah everyone has their Vonnegut phase you know what I mean <laughs> and then I moved on to Charles Bukowski like oh no <laughs> And then I got worse. <laughs> At least I never had like a, um, uh, I never read Ayn Rand. Oh, thank God. It was high school, you know. We all wanted Kurt Vonnegut tattoos in high school. <laughs> and he had so yeah, many. Yeah, but some of the little, some of the little sketches on the covers of books. I was just going to say yeah. he has so many little sketches that are like, I think really easy to just grab. Anyway, yeah, that was my idea for <laughs> tattoo i think your i think yours is really nice yeah i i love it personally like regardless of the the meaning behind it or whatever the meaning is really that i love spongebob a lot do you did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about it's your show i i'm surprised you didn't bring up chocolate with nuts at all oh that's like the one i think that's that and crusty crab training video or like i think and band geeks. You didn't bring up any of the three, like, <laughs> arguably most famous episodes. Because I'm told you I'm not interested in fame and fortune. I'm interested in you. <gasps> My poor old heart. <laughs> the thing that actually hit me from Chocolate with Nuts, which is 
where SpongeBob and Patrick are trying to be like door-to-door chocolate bar salesmen, but they're like obviously the worst. And in fact, they keep getting conned is the guy who comes out and he goes, I was born with paper skin and glass bones. (laughs) I was like yelling at the TV and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Like unlocked the memory in my brain. Uh, Some guys have all the luck. I was born with glass bones and paper skin. Every morning I break my legs. And every afternoon I break my arms. At night, I lie awake in agony until my heart attacks put me to sleep. Oh, no! No! Some guys have all the luck. Just like... Oh my god. Um, I... I'm gonna get that tattooed on my... <laughs> just the whole script, the transcript of that moment. <laughs> the moment that stuck out to me and surprised me a lot was the like two old ladies bit is like one of the most quoted, I think, at least that I've heard in my life, like one of the most quoted SpongeBob bits ever. And I was like, ugh, this bit again. And then I watched it and it's still so good. Like the, the what? Chocolate. I can't eat chocolate. What? Like, (laughs) I had the, the uh, talking about eraser head, the visual for the really, really old lady and the like, just a a literal head on a stem. (laughs) Very disturbing, but I did remember. I was like, "Oh, I've seen her online so much." You know, I just oh like, yeah, and the movie Eraserhead by David Lynch. <laughs> Straight out of Eraserhead, this bitch. Um, the other one, uh, the band Band Geeks, Geeks yeah. Um, that one actually just reminded me of the musical a lot. Like the wait, like the SpongeBob musical. Did you see the musical? Yeah, we talked about this last time, and it's a, a lot gets lost in a week, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it reminded me of it's because it's also like really it's something about that it's really cute. Yeah, it's a feel good episode. It is a feel good episode. I just put ooh ooh ooh, ooh. <laughs> as my notes. <laughs> I don't know how to say that in real life. It's like ooh ooh <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, I was like ooh uh, ooh nice episode. I think it's like. As far as I'm aware, one of like, I don't know, maybe three episodes where Squidward gets a happy ending. Yeah. Because he has a natural enemy in that episode of like an even more pretentious, rich, annoying guy. Yeah. And usually that guy wins, but not always. Not always. (laughs) Not this time. To my memory, there are like three episodes or maybe four. I think this would include the musical where things turn out solid for Squidward. So like, yeah. And there was that. The song rips. The song, so good.
And they always, I love that they don't, like, I don't know who actually sings the songs <laughs> that Spongebob sings, but it's not the voice actor. Never. And they always make it like, they don't give a shit. It's always like completely different than the way SpongeBob voice, <laughs> SpongeBob's voice sounds. It's like a total left turn. Except for the so- the episode Welcome to the Chum Bucket, where the song <laughs> Just a Greasy Spoon plays, and it's actually Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob duetting with each other. <laughs> it's real cute. Um, also, too bad that didn't kill me is something I say to myself all the time. <laughs> Which is like, I think one of the like darker moments that Squidward has is like, man, I wish I was fucking dead right now. There's a moment in another episode where Squidward had, hands a customer a baseball bat and says, don't hold back. <laughs> like just bends over and says, don't hold back. Really hit me as hard as you can. Honestly, it makes a lot of sense taking into consideration what mille- a lot of millennial humor is like <laughs> what if we were actually just fucking dead right now wouldn't that be chill yeah that'd be fucking tight and everybody's like yeah relatable bro <laughs> 17k retweets and what was the last one that you said uh crusty crab training video have you ever watched a an actual like 80s fast food training video no um my roommate got super into those for some reason and watched a wendy's training video like 90 times over the course of the past like five months that we've lived together and it spongebob is like a very close parody of the training videos of fast food in the 70s and 80s it's actually just a pretty loyal reproduction (laughs) yeah my roommate uh brendan bigley has been watching a lot of (laughs) um podcasts brendan bigley (laughs) has (laughs) has been watching a lot of hamburger videos sort of seemingly apropos of nothing like he's watching a lot of like um youtube videos of this one guy who like makes hamburgers in his house for the channel that does the um hot oh george motts the burger show oh yeah everyone knows george (laughs) motts and the burger show apparently like literally never heard of this before it's so good um all right thank you so much will anytime persia thank you so much to will and everyone listening If you're enjoying Eleven again, please recommend it to a friend who you think would enjoy it too. And if you want to follow the show, I've started putting out what the future episodes are going to be on the Twitter, which is 11againpodcast, 11againpodcast on Twitter. So if you want to follow the show there, you can get an advance warning as to what I'm going to be talking about. And thanks again.